0: Hold on my hands, I got plans to dish myself and get outside Dancing women, throwing plates, capitating their laughing gates Swirling chickens, in flag, out of focus, much too black Coming down, shining deep, game show suckers trying to bleed, But I got a drug and I got the book and I got something better than love How you like me now? Pretty good Going on, feeling strong I quit my child blowing leaves, telephone bills up my sleeves, choking like a one-man dust ball, freedom rock, slide ball, talking and cold went down, lit off the shack, Grab me a beer out of the sack. Hello and welcome into 444.com's The Most Accurate Podcast. My name is Anthony Stalter, joined as always by John Paulson. What's up, JP? Uh, not a whole lot. How you doing? Pretty good. We've got a lot to get to on the podcast today. We've got another opportunity for you to win a 4-for-4 4 4 t-shirt. We've got injury updates, a look back at the Thursday night football game, which was really interesting with the Cowboys completely, completely shutting down the Saints. And then one of, my, one of my favorite things that we do on the podcast is when John breaks out some sneaky starts for the week ahead. Before we do all that, tell us about the music, John.
1: Yeah, this is a deep cut from Beck. Uh, the name of the song is Beer Can. It's the eighth track off of his 1994 album, Mellow Gold. That's the album that had, uh, Loser as the opening track on that. And if you're interested in more Deep Cuts by Beck, I will tweet out my, um, Beck Deep Cuts, uh, Spotify playlist on my Twitter feed here today, uh, so that you can check it out. He's got a lot of good songs that have kind of gone unnoticed because they weren't really singles. So, uh. I'll add this to the Most Accurate Podcast playlist as well on Spotify. Uh, if you want to find a link to that, just go to the spot, uh, any of the podcast posts on
0: 444.com. All right. I mentioned an opportunity for you to win a 444 T-shirt. We did this a couple of weeks ago. We're going to do it again. Here's how you win one. Go to iTunes. Go to the iTunes store. Leave the podcast a positive review. Next Friday, we'll randomly draw the name of the winner. It's that simple. Last time we did this, I think the number of reviews was under 10 or so. So if you partic- if you participate, you'll have a good chance of winning a stylish, comfortable 4 for 4 t shirt. So please do that. And it, it, of course, helps us with the podcast. And we got some feedback too on um, somebody reached out to me on Twitter, John, talking about how, you know, when we're talking about names, uh, we tend to say he or him throughout the course. And if we can mention, the players' names a little bit more for those that listen to their podcast when they 're driving they can kind of store that in their memory better so uh, i 'll try to recap some of these names too as as we go along. That type of positive feedback is always always welcome that 's how we improve the podcast let 's get in this, get into some of these injury updates for week thirteen we 'll start off with Joe Flacco. He is not going to play on Sunday against the Falcons. He was limited in his return to practice. Lamar Jackson is is expected to start this week against a bad Atlanta defense and one, John, that you certainly have been picking on throughout the course of the year. I don't blame you. Uh, what do you what do you think about Lamar Jackson this week as a potential QB one?
1: It's got to be painful for you to just talk about <laughs> it is, your back. Uh, That uh, yeah, it is th- what it is. Yeah, they're thirty second in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks, so last in the league. The game is at Atlanta, so there's a small chance of kind of a weird uh, Lamar, Jack- uh, Lamar Jackson game, uh, but his, his rushing yards should give him a pretty high floor. He had 117 yards in Week 11, uh, rushing uh, 71 and a touchdown uh, against Oakland. Uh, so that's 11.7 and 13.1 just from his rushing yards. Uh, so that anything that he gets as a passer is uh, gravy on top of that, and he does have a tendency to throw some picks. He's got three in two games, um, but you know they, they showed a propensity or a willingness, I guess, to, to throw the ball a little bit more in Week 12 against Oakland. He had 25 pass attempts, which is almost getting into normal quarterback territory, uh, 178 yards passing, one touchdown, uh, two picks. But I think this will be a, uh, a good outing for him, you know, if if Atlanta happens to jump out to a lead, they're going to have to throw the ball a bit more. He can score points all different types of ways, so I think he's a he's a pretty uh, solid start this week.
0: All right, sticking with with quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson to Mitchell Trubisky. Coach Matt Nagy of the Bears said that Trubisky is still not throwing. He's got the shoulder injury. He was limited during a Wednesday practice, and it's expected to be the same. Uh, it was expected to be the same yesterday. So, so basically Mitchell Trubisky has been limited. Chase Daniel is expected to start this week against the Giants. I had to pick him up in our league, John, because I've, I've just been forced to stream quarterbacks with um, – the uh Garoppolo. Garoppolo was my starter. He he was obviously placed on IR and I've been streaming QBs. I had to pick up Chase Daniel. What do you think about him against the Giants this week?
1: Garoppolo got injured so long ago you forgot you you had him on your team.
0: Exact <laughs> exactly. I forgot his name.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Chase Daniel is obviously a downgrade from Mitchell Trubisky. Uh from a fantasy standpoint, he doesn't run the ball as much as Trubisky, so he's just sort of limited to what he can do as a passer. And I actually had him ranked Uh, In my top 20 last week, playing at Detroit, I thought that Detroit's pass defense is pretty bad. Uh, He ended up with 230 yards and two touchdowns and 18.4 fantasy points, which is a pretty solid outing for a a QB2 type. Uh, I'm a little bit more worried, I would say, about this Giants game. The Giants are sixth in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks, whereas the the Lions were 19th. Uh, So I, I have Daniel outside. I think I am outside my top 25. I have him at twenty-one, actually. So I have him outside my top twenty. That's what I was thinking of. Um, so he's right there with like Derek Carr and Case Keenum, and uh, I think the the one thing he has going for him is that the the Bears' offense is pretty potent. Uh, Matt Nagy gets his players in good situations, so they can score some points even if uh, they don't have Trubisky in the in the lineup.
0: Let's talk about some running backs now. Alex Collins and Gus Edwards. We just got done talking about Lamar Jackson starting for the Ravens against the Falcons. Here's your Gus Edwards update. He returned to limited practice on Thursday. He's been dealing with an ankle injury. There was some concern that Edwards sat out Wednesday and maybe he won't play, but with him practicing, we'll we'll get uh, a little bit more on Friday, and then uh, by Sunday we'll know if Gus Edwards is going to play. If he does play, John, do you like him as an RB1? And then Alex Collins... He, re, he also returned to a limited practice on Thursday coming off the foot injury. So when you look at Gus Edwards and, and Alex Collins, assuming they play, where do you have them ranked?
1: Well, I just saw uh, that Collins did not practice uh, uh, today. So that just broke. Um, I guess that's big news. I don't know. Uh, it is big news for Gus Edwards' owners. Uh, so it looks. I would say it looks like Collins is going to sit another week. Uh, Edwards is back at practice, so he's good to go. Um, it's a obviously a nice matchup against your Falcons. So uh, you know, I would pencil Edwards in for another fifteen plus uh, carries. Uh, the only concern with with Edwards is if they fall behind, which I don't know if that's really a huge possibility now. With the but the game is in Atlanta, so it's possible that the Falcons could jump out to a lead edwards uh doesn't do a whole lot uh as a receiver uh so if if they fall behind, i mean he's got one catch in so far this season, so if they fall behind, you might end up seeing a lot more time montgomery uh they could also uh activate Kenneth Dixon, I think he's getting close to returning so uh those are you know minor concerns I think Edwards is probably pretty safe for fifteen to eighteen carries and maybe you know seventy plus. 80-plus rushing yards with uh, possibly a touchdown as well.
0: Uh, John, it's always possible, but the Falcons jump out to a big lead and then blow it. So uh, there's your Super Super Bowl joke for the day. Marlon Mack, updating an earlier (laughs) item. Uh, Marlon Mack suffered a concussion, but he's a full participant at Thursday's practice. He made a fast recovery from the concussion that he suffered last week in that win over the Dolphins. looks like he's on track Sunday to take on Jacksonville. What type of matchup is this for Marlon Mack?
1: He's had 99 carries in the last six games. So he's averaging 16.5 carries per game since coming back uh, week six against the Jets. He's also, you know, adds a, um, a reception or two. Uh, we need to check the, the health of the Jacksonville defensive tackle, the strong one, uh, Darius, I think his name is that, uh, is part of their shutdown run defense. They're, they're number two in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. Um, so it's a little bit of a concern the matchup, but given this type of workload for for Mac, uh, when you're you know you're averaging 16 uh, carries, uh, he's had a minimum of 12 carries uh, in, the, in that six game stretch. So uh, the touches are there, and I think he's a decent play. I would put him in like an RB two, uh, low end RB two due to the matchup.
0: Yeah, the defensive tackle you referenced was Marcel Darius. He, he was limited in, on Wednesday and Thursday, he's dealing with a back injury. So. I would I would assume that he would play, but back injury certainly can be problematic depending on you know how a guy sleeps the night before. So uh, we'll see what happens with Jacksonville. Their, their stud defensive tackle Marcel Darius. Let's jump over to Chris Thompson now. Redskins coach Jay Gruden believes that Chris Thompson will be fine to play Week 13 against the Eagles. Chris Thompson owners certainly have been bitten before by the by by the in, this injury situation. But for desperate RB two owners, what do you recommend with Chris Thompson?
1: I think when there's a long layoff, it's a little bit dicey to expect the same sort of production that the player had early in the season. This is, I I do think that Thompson is worth a spot start a desperation type start, dart throw type play, especially in PPR formats. Cause he can uh, catch a lot of passes. He averaged 15.5 points per game in his four full games this year. So that's you know really good production. This is a player that we were high on at four, four I was high on in my rankings and, he just has been uh, bitten here by the injury bug, and uh, unfortunately this last stretch here, it's been a rib injury that's kept him out a few games. But uh, against the Eagles on Monday night, it looks like he's going to play, so I think you're fairly safe and uh, waiting for him if that's what you want to do. Um, but he's probably a, a player that people are turning to out of desperation more than, oh, I can't wait for Chris Thompson to get back, because you'd sure. like to see him play a full game before you have to use him.
0: Uh, A.J. Green, now let's update him. He remained limited in Thursday's practice. Hopefully he gets a full session in on Friday, but he is on track to play against the Broncos this Sunday. Now, Dr- Jeff Driscoll is going to start for the Bengals at quarterback with Andy Dalt, uh, Andy Dalton diagnosed with that sprain, sprain thumb. Um and he was he was actually placed on injured reserve earlier this week with the torn ligaments in that thumb, so his season's over with. Now, with Driscoll under center and Green having a little bit of a layoff, what do you think about A.J. Green this Sunday? Still a wide receiver, two in your eyes? Uh,
1: I would put him as, as a low-end wide receiver, too, but I just want to give a shout-out to Josh Moore, who uh, a couple years ago I asked him when I uh, type in a player's name if there's only one uh, response or uh, – result for it that it takes me dr- directly to the players page as opposed to a, a list of players with one name on it and then I have to click on that and go to the go to the uh, players uh, page so I just typed in Drisk for Driscoll you know yeah. D-R-I-S-K and it took me right to his page so you know we're we're constantly involving at dot com <laughs> website and it's saving you time it's sa- definitely saving me time anyway Driscoll uh 17 for 29 155 yards and a touchdown he played 59% of the snaps, so he, I guess he came in in the second quarter there. Had one touchdown, I think to, was it was a Tyler Boyd. Um, he also ran for a touchdown. I uh, didn't see that. 17.1 fantasy points for him against Cleveland. Uh, Denver's a little bit tougher uh, on quarterbacks, and they'll be ready, more ready for him. Uh, as for A.J. Green, we were, like we were talking about Chris Thompson, you're sort of expecting uh, lower numbers than. Uh, what the player had or what the player was used to in his first game back. It doesn't always happen, but uh, typically they don't come back to the same sort of production that they were uh, at prior to the season. And he's averaging, uh, Green's averaging 18.5 fancy points per game. Um, Denver's uh, past defense, 12th adjusted fancy points allowed to wide receivers. So I'm a little, I have lower expectations for him than normal. I normally would have him in the, you know, near the top 10, but uh, I have him uh, right on the, Top twenty, top uh, in the into the low twenties cusp right now. So he's on that uh, wide receiver two uh, cusp.
0: All right, that was AJ Green that John was referring to. Uh, Deshaun Jackson now. <laughs> Just one. Hey, somebody gives us a tip. We'll, we'll try to do it as much as possible. Sorry about Deshaun Jackson. He practiced again on Thursdays. He's been dealing with that thumb injury. Now he didn't catch any passes during the sessions, but he was he was also spotted wearing a cast. Uh Jimmy Graham played through a similar injury for Green Bay last week, but I mean would you cross off Deshaun Jackson at this point as a wide receiver three?
1: Yeah, I'm I don't this has a. I have a bad feeling about Jackson's availability, which is actually really good um for Adam Humphreys and Chris Godwin because I don't know why you if a guy if your receiver has a thumb injury and is wearing a cast, I don't know why you give him snaps over when you have Chris Godwin standing on the sideline it doesn't make with with two good thumbs like who's who's got two (laughs) who's got two good thumbs and standing on the sideline chris Chris godwin (laughs) yeah so i mean i I really like chris godwin's upside and he's just not getting enough playing time or targets right now to be a consistent uh, threat although he's produced very well when he has played and has gotten targets but uh so i have a bad feeling about jackson's availability but i think that's good for uh humphreys and godwin obviously if you're a jackson owner it's not great but Um, we'll see what he's able to do on Friday and how they list him. They they probably list him as as questionable so that the, you know, the other team has to get ready for him. But, um, you know, I, if even if he does play, I would expect him to play fewer snaps than usual because he's got this cast on his, his thumb, and he's a wide receiver. He's supposed to catch the ball.
0: Speaking <laughs> uh, of wide receivers, let's talk about Sammy Watkins now. He did not practice on Thursday. He's still dealing with that foot injury. I think owners can probably, you know, shelve him for another week. Is there any any other Kansas City chief wide receiver that, that you're interested in this week?
1: Well, the Watkins situation is interesting because he did suit up against the Rams and played a few snaps, and then sat the rest of the game. So I don't know if he re-injured his foot or if um, was it his foot injury? Is that what he's dealing yes. with, Watkins? Yeah. Okay, so did he re-injure it, or did he just want to, you know, get a start or play a little bit against his old team? Or what was the deal with that? Because this is, a, you know, he said he's after the bye now, and he's still not practicing. So I would have thought that if he was good enough to suit up and play in that game at all. That he would be fine to play this week, so this is a little bit concerning for Watkins' owners. Um, Chris Conley, who I derided on Twitter a while ago about never being able to take advantage of his opportunities uh, when people are missing, he typically you want You want to see him um, produce when he gets those extra snaps, extra touches, or extra targets. And he typically disappoints, but he did really well against the Rams seven for 74 and two touchdowns on eight targets, um, obviously playing in 89% of the snaps. He played 91% of the snaps against Arizona the week before, but only saw two targets. So that's sort of how his up and down usage goes. And maybe they just need to feed him the ball a little bit more uh, to get him more involved. But obviously the defense is going to be focused on Tyree kill and Travis Kelsey and uh, the matchup against the, the Raiders is pretty favorable. So you know the twenty fourth adjusted fantasy points a lot of wide receivers, so I'm going to add actually add um, Chris Conley to my sneaky starts article. Um, he's not a bad play. I mean, obviously he's up and down with his production, but you know you got the number two receiver on the Chiefs, the most high powered offenses in the league, playing against a bad um, Oakland defense, and uh, you know he's coming off of a great game. So I think he's a I think he's a decent dart throw this week.
0: All right, Rob Gronkowski, your weekly Rob Gronkowski update. He's, of course, dealing with the ankle and back injuries. He was added back to the Patriots injury report on Thursday. He got a limited session in. Is Rob Gronkowski right now the bane of your existence, John Uh,
1: It's As a fantasy ranker, it's not fun trying to figure out, especially when the Patriots play in the late game at home, Uh, because we don't have any tea leaves to read. He could literally be listed as questionable and then just ruled out uh, before the game if that his, his injury is bad enough. Um, usually if he's on the road, we know if he traveled, and that's a good sign that he's going to play. Or if the game obviously is early at 1 p.m. Eastern, we have inactives well before kickoff, and people can adjust their situation. So it's just these late Patriot games uh, at home, especially uh, kill me as i trying to figure out what people can do. <laughs> so we'll see what he's able to do Friday. Um, and then they're pretty tight-lipped over there, but you know maybe we get an Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport tweet Saturday night, tweet storm that tells us whether or not he's going to play.
0: All right, let's move on to the Thursday night football game between the Saints and the Cowboys. Uh, I couldn't have been more wrong about my prediction on this one. I lead the points with the Saints minus seven in my pick for com. and the Cowboys did the exact opposite in terms of game script, where they played keep away and um, you know kept Drew Brees on the sideline. But that I don't want to minimize how good Dallas was defensively, John. We talk so much about the Chiefs and the Saints and the Rams and these explosive offenses. How do you combat it? Well, Dallas showed you by having athletic linebackers that can run sideline to sideline, and they make you earn every yard. I mean, they really cut down the space uh, when the Saints got the ball in their hands in short yardage, and instead of three-yard gains by the Saints running backs or wide receivers, turning into 12 yards. They stayed three-yard gains last night uh, against the Cowboys. So, incredible job by Dallas. Drew Brees was only 18 of 28 for 127 yards and a touchdown and a crucial interception that basically lost the opportunity for the Saints to to win that thing last night or tie it. Kamara only rushed 11 times for 36 yards, caught only – well, he caught eight passes for 36 yards, so he saved his day from a PPR standpoint. Michael Thomas with only 40 yards receiving. It's just A really bad night for the Saints' offense.
1: Yeah, anybody starting the Saints this week uh, are going to be pretty uh, upset unless they started Kirk Kirkwood in their (laughs) 2014 league. Um, (laughs) He caught a pass. Hey, you never know. You never know. 30-yard touchdown pass. A couple things I want to note. Dan Arnold does seem to be ahead of uh, Ben Watson now. Uh, He caught two passes for 20 yards. Watson didn't catch a pass. I had to look and see what their pass routes run and – snaps were, uh, but I had Arnold ahead of Watson this week. I don't think too many people had that. Not that it was a big payoff with twenty yards receiving. Uh when I was ranking this I had a bad feeling about the Saints. I don't I didn't it didn't reflect a whole lot in the rankings because uh they had been so on fire uh heading into this game that, you know, you don't want to rank Drew Brees too low given the way they've been playing, or you don't want to rank Alvin Kamara too low. But I had Breeze at four yesterday and um, started looking at the decision between him and Ben Roethlisberger and what I would really do in that situation. And I just felt like Roethlisberger at home was a safer play than on the road Drew Breeze uh, against a defense that and a team that's really capable of shortening the game. And you know, I was just doing some quick math here. They ran 47 plays, you know, adding up their pass attempts, uh, they being the Saints, uh, 28 pass attempts, 19 rushes, 47 plays for them, 59, which is a very low number, 59 for the the Cowboys. So they just have a way, the Cowboys, they being the Cowboys, have a way of <laughs> sort of shrinking the fantasy pie for the opponent if things are going well uh, for them offensively or if they're able to just kind of shorten the game with their with their running game because the clock's always moving when they have the ball on offense because they're running the ball with Ezekiel Elliott or you know completing passes 24 28 passes completed for Dak Prescott so um I had Kamara at seven and somebody was asking me why is Mark Ingram so low but you know he's splitting time with you know what's probably going to you know I don't know lower scoring than unusual for the Saints um against a good rush defense the Dallas rush defense had been really well. So he gets most of his points in the running game, whereas Kamara gets it more in the passing game or as much in the passing game as he does in the rushing game. So that's sort of uh, why I had that uh, ingram a little bit lower than usual this week.
0: Uh, anything from the Cowboys to note? I mean, you know, Ezekiel Elliott had 76 hard yards and caught six passes for 60 additional yards. Cooper, eight of eight targets, 75 yards. Now he also had the the critical fumble earlier in the game. Michael Gallup, anything on him? Five five of seven targets, 76 yards. Uh, anything stand out to you about Dallas?
1: Well, Prescott, I thought maybe he'd have a little bit better of a game. I know he missed Gallup on a touchdown. It could have been a second touchdown, another, what, 40, 50 yards passing but you know um 248 yards passing it's 10 points plus four points for touchdowns 14 and then 2.2 You got about 16 points something but then he fumbled one once so it wasn't a great really a great outing in terms of a fantasy for him and part some of that was also the that the game script went according to plan you know they had the lead the whole time they didn't have to throw the ball as much as uh if they had fallen behind the saints in a typical uh saints offensive game so elliot was great um the rushing yards per carry, you know, weren't really there, but he did have some really nice runs. I saw him, like, just stop behind in the line of scrimmage as he waited for a hole to um, open up, whereas most, you know, runners are just running into the backs of their offensive linemen if there's no hole there. He's just a, such a patient runner, and then he can get going uh, so quickly. Uh, the acceleration is there, and he's also really involved in the passing game now, 6 uh since last year it's a a big upgrade for him 60 yards receiving and a touchdown on six targets the interesting thing about the receiving core i think with with the cowboys is uh that gallup is you know well ahead of cole beasley now beasley had three targets two catches for nine yards he got an important first down that really wasn't a first down um but gallup you know they were looking at gallup early and often and he ended up with five for 76 on seven targets and cooper uh he actually outscored cooper in standard formats because he had uh one extra yard. Uh, but, you know, I think Gallup and Cooper are looking like a really nice duo, uh, receiving duo now for uh, Dak Prescott moving forward.
0: All right, let's get into some sneaky starts. Uh, quarterback-wise, who do you like? And I, I know you got two guys that you're eyeing.
1: Uh, the, you know, people are going to be a, a little bit, you know, Marcus Mariota is <laughs> – He's had an up and down career. Let's just say it that way. Do you think that you're <laughs> you're 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 going to have a a game like against the Colts where it looks like it's trending towards being a nice game for him, and then he ends up uh, you know 85 yards passing on 13 attempts, has an interception, and he only plays half the game because he gets knocked out with some sort of stinger situation. So that was bad. But since the bye... Uh, and that you know elbow issue that he had that was causing him to have trouble gripping the football. Uh, he, I think he was, came out of the bye fully healthy. He had 240 yards and two touchdowns against Dallas passing. He added 32 yards and a touchdown in that game. So that's a really good output against Dallas at Dallas. Uh, 228 yards passing, two touchdowns against New England, uh, 21 yards rushing. This is Marcus Mariota we're talking about, by the way uh Houston Texans he had 303 yards passing two touchdowns uh 28 yards uh, rushing in that game as well so he's had you know three really good performances 21.3 plus fantasy points and now he's playing at home against the Jets who are 23 in just a fantasy points allowed to quarterback so i think he's uh you know primed for a pretty good game the other guy uh is uh Baker Mayfield um he's been a pretty good play here for a while uh, he's had a good stretch of games, you know, Kansas City, Atlanta, Cincinnati in terms of uh, opponent. This will be his tougher, toughest test since the Pittsburgh Steelers back in week eight. That week he threw for 8- 880 yards and two touchdowns. Um, he's got at least two touchdowns thrown in five straight games. Uh, but this game is against Houston. They're 18th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. It's a little bit tougher. I could see him having a bad game, but I think he's going to continue to do well. It seems like he's thriving under the new... Uh, offensive coordinator there kitchens and he's got 10.8 yards per attempt against atlanta 9.9 yards per attempt against cincinnati so you know even if that if he regresses a little bit from that i mean i could easily see two touchdowns in a in a 8.0 yards per attempt against the texans
0: uh you've got several running backs listed for sneaky starts the first two make a lot of sense although i'm interested why you listed both of these guys take it away with these these two teammates
1: Yes, Carlos Hyde and uh, T.J. Yeldon with Leonard Fournette uh, being suspended for getting into a fight against the against the Bills team and uh, getting continuing that fight into the tunnel. Um, it's so funny when they try to appeal these suspensions and then just get shut down. <laughs> um, it's not funny for Fournette owners though. Uh, Hyde, I think will this will be a committee with Hyde and Yeldon, and Hyde getting most of the carries and Yeldon getting most of the receptions. And the reason I listed both is because I do think that Yeldon is a pretty decent RB two, RB three type play in PPR formats. Because this is a game uh, with uh, that the Jaguars are probably going to start to trail. I think you know with Cody Kessler at quarterback, you'd have to think that the Colts have a good chance of jumping out to a lead, and then you get into Yeldon time where they you know, maybe he ends up with five to seven receptions and that really raises his PPR floor. Um, on the flip side, Hyde is a good start in standard formats um, and has the potential for having a good PPR game as well because the Colts are 24th adjust just fancy points allowed to, to running backs and don't have, you know, great rushing defense or they haven't historically. So I think they're both uh, sort of spot start worthy this week.
0: All right. You've got two other running backs listed in, among sneaky starts and those two guys are teammates as well.
1: Yeah, this is even more drastic um, split potentially because they, they face the Chiefs. I'm talking about Doug Martin and Jalen Rashard. The Chiefs are 29th and just a fancy points allowed to running back, so there should be fancy points available. The question is, can the Raiders stay committed to the run long enough to get Martin his 15 or so carries, maybe 17 touches? Uh, if so, then he's going to have a nice day. There's also the chance that the wheels come off early and you have Rashard in there you know, on and hurry up pass pass heavy mode, uh, you know, in the second quarter, uh, in which case he could end up with seven-plus uh, catches. So I think they're both compelling from that standpoint. It's just sort of uh, depends on which way the game goes as far as game flow.
0: And then moving on to a couple of wide receivers. One you, you didn't note in the discussion about the Buccaneers, although this player has been red hot over the last two weeks.
1: Yeah, uh, Adam Humphries has, has sort of passed – Deshaun Jackson and Chris Godwin is like the second most potent or safe uh, fantasy receiver uh, in Tampa. He's been targeted on 18.1% of Jameis Winston's 204 pass attempts. He's accounted for 19% of his completions, 17.1% of his yards and 20% of his touchdowns. These are really good target shares for a guy that we thought coming in would be the wide receiver four there from a fantasy standpoint, but he's playing a ton of snaps and, is really filling that uh, slot role, underneath role. He scored on a kind of a scramble, Winston scramble. He found him across the middle, and nobody was really covering him last week. And he dove into the end zone from about, you know, he was start, I guess he caught the ball about ten yards out and scrambled into the end zone. So he's not a big touchdown guy, but I think I, he had a really good game against Carolina the last time out. Um, I believe he scored twice in that game, and they have trouble with their slot coverage. Uh, so this is actually a really uh, uh, interesting matchup this week. I'm excited to see what he's able to do, especially if Deshaun Jackson is out, because I think the snaps um, increase from where they have been typically. He's usually playing about 69% of the snaps, but I could see him playing 75% or more if, if Deshaun Jackson's out.
0: One more wide receiver. This player's been coming on recently in Carolina's revamped offense under North Turner. Curtis Samuel's been uh, kind of a big play guy recently. You like him?
1: we have to keep our eye on Devin Funches's back injury. He came back to practice yesterday, and I don't know if that means he's going to play or not, but he missed last week. And when he missed last week against Seattle, uh, Samuel played 92% of the snaps. Uh, his receiving line wasn't great, two for 17 and a touchdown and two targets. So you're expecting um, maybe more production out of him, but he did add a 25-yard run, and he had, does have a tendency to score touchdowns and add yards as a runner. He had a, a 33-yard touchdown run against Tampa uh, back in Week 9, and then he had another touchdown run against Philly back in Week 7. So they do try to manufacture touches for him. Uh, He's got at least 12.2 PPR fantasy points in three of the last four games. So if Funchess is out again, I would feel pretty comfortable using him as sort of a wide receiver three, wide receiver four, dart throw type. If Funchess is back, then I think his snaps start to dry up, and he's going to have to score a touchdown in order to uh, return any value.
0: All right, this is a real sneaky start at tight end. You've got Matt Lacoste. <laughs> I was, that, I, 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 mean, really, out of tight ends, you can, you could go, you can go with anybody, really. I mean, because yeah. the, the tight end position is so, is so thin. But um, no, I was surprised to see Matt Lacoste's name on the rundown today.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask if that's a name of a shirt brand, isn't there? Like, a, right? Like, yeah. Anyway, um. He had, <laughs> Jeff Huerman is injured. He's out. So this is why Lacoste is on the radar. He played 48%, 47% of the snaps against Pittsburgh last week with Hureman, you know, playing part-time in that game. He ended up with three catches for 34 yards and a touchdown on four targets. Now, uh, this is a, a matchup against the, the the Bengals. It's kind of a beat-up defense that's giving up a lot of points, so I think there's going to be some opportunity uh, in the passing game for Lacoste. They'll just sort of forget about him. And maybe he catches a long one. Um, so this, yeah, this is more of a, a deep cut here. This is a, a deep sleeper, and you know, if you're streaming the position, which a lot of people are, uh, you could do worse than Lacoste because uh, the Broncos have been uh, using the, the tight end in their uh, passing game pretty frequently this year.
0: All right, that's John Paulson. You can follow him on Twitter at four 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 underscore John. You can follow me as well at Anthony Stalter. Don't forget about uh, leaving us a review on. The, uh, in, in your iTunes store, you get a chance to win a 444.com t-shirt and, and help uh, help us improve the podcast along the way. We will be back on Monday for another edition of 444.com's The Most Accurate Podcast. Until then, good luck this weekend. Hope you jump out to a, a big lead in all of your fantasy leagues and you don't even need the Monday night game uh, to, to clinch it. But for John Paulson, I'm Anthony Stalter. We'll see you next time on 444.com's The Most Accurate Podcast.